Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to DraftKings Network. I mean, this is a sport that's on the precipice of irrelevance. The games are taking over three and a half hours. Playoff games are taking over four hours. Game's too long, too slow. Who cares? This is a situation where baseball's in trouble to begin with. The MLB is officially dead. Baseball is dead! Rest in peace. 12 years! 12 years! 325 million dollars! Yoshinobu Yamamoto! You are a Los Angeles Dodger! You are once again teammates with Shohei Otani! The Dodgers. This feels like it could potentially be baseball's first like super duo at the right time in their career. Unfortunately, it is coming with Otani coming off his second TJ. So them at full strength, this dynamic duo, we will have to wait and see kind of what that looks like. And oh my God, right now. Oh my God. Like I, I, uh, I, I was trying to think about this, like the, like you know, everybody's you get excited about the, the potential for a Verlander and a Scherzer duo, what that would look like. Like we've had examples of like rotation mates being together, maybe not necessarily in their prime of primes, but like the talent being at, like with the ceiling that it has right now, this is going to be must watch, must watch, simply because of the pedigree of Yamamoto and what we already know about Otani. Again, we'll we'll just repeat it. The Sawamura Award winner is the Cy Young Award winner over here in America. He won that award three years in a row. He's 25 years old. Reminder, they don't just hand that award out every year. It literally has to be earned by having an exceptional season. If nobody's good, they just don't give it out. So he's won that three years in a row. This is a guy who, when you look at what his stuff says on the mound, his profiles, the fastball, elite. The split, they project to be the best in baseball. The curveball, elite. The cutter is one of his back-end offerings. Like He's going to have a five-pitch mix. <laughs> and it's, and, and like, there's, don't have to really dive into it, but, like, you know, the fastball profile specifically is a great article in The Athletic uh, from Eno Saris, who if you are a pitching nerd, you know about Eno. Um, but he he talked about, you know, the, the, the idea of his fastball and low profile in terms of release point, but the fact that it, it, it the carry, that this thing holds plane, stays plane, and from the low slot, like it just, there's something magical about it. And when teams are assessing whether or not these players from overseas are going to come over here and make an impact, they have pitch grading tools that they use to try to take their guy out of the Nippon League and put him in the big leagues and basically simulate what that would look like. And they've got a pretty good idea based on the profile because there are factors you have to consider, right? The ball and the extra day of rest. But when all things are equal or as close as they can be to equal, that's where this model comes into play. And they're able to do their due diligence and say, you know what? This guy's stuff in the Nippon League, which is essentially a 4A league now, that plays, that translates into the big leagues. Oh, it was one of the best, right? 
Yes. According yeah. to Eno's stat, yes, they had his numbers from the World Baseball Classic. It was mm-hmm. like top five. Yes. In terms yes. of stuff plus. Mm-hmm. Well, but, uh, stuff plus, he graded out at 155. And I don't think anybody else in the big leagues graded out above 145. What? Okay. Yeah. Well, that's that's yeah. That was only a small sample size. <laughs> yeah, well, no, you you are correct. Small sample size, but that's like you know that's the split doing its thing. Like you, you're talking about on average, people are missing this pitch by seven to ten inches. Like when when you say when, when I say as an <laughs> when I say as an announcer, he missed it by a foot. Like there's effect to that, and sometimes it is true. On average, it's essentially almost true with this dude like the swing and miss is by a fucking foot like that's the kind of stuff that this dude possesses but the idea that he's going to be unleashed now over the next decade alongside Shohei Otani who I think we can all agree what three maybe four years hopeful of starting pitching at at, like whatever peak the backside of a second TJ looks like this is good this is I mean (laughs) man we haven't seen something this exciting in a lot. Think about how everybody got excited about what the Rangers were doing with, with Simeon and Seager. Three quarters of a billion dollars to these two players, blah, blah, blah. And now the, <clears throat> the Dodgers have said, well, how's a, how's a bill actually sound slightly north of? Yeah. Well, I, all right. Because I, I, I have some points outside of just like the initial reaction that I want to make about this signing, but let's get everyone's initial reaction first. Uh, Joseph, when the tweet hit last night, uh, Jack Curry, then you have Heyman, then Passon comes in as the closer. That's when we all actually believe it. Um, what were your initial thoughts? Uh, to be honest, the initial thoughts were probably like, duh. You know, like I should have saw that coming from a mile away. I think well, we all kind of realized. Well, the dude from the Pat McAfee show was like, "I have a legit source that it's the Yankees." And like, I didn't believe that for a second. Like, I don't believe, I, I barely believe actual baseball reporters now. Yeah, so I don't okay. believe like the fan bullshit anymore. But I, it at least made me consider, like, all right, where is this coming from? Like, you know, he at least belongs to like an ESPN show. Like, is there some sort of connection there? Like is passing. Cause I know passing goes on that show. I was like, is passing kind of doing that show a solid by sliding them some info. So I thought that there was an outside chance that the Yankee thing could be real. Mm-hmm. I think we all thought it was either going to be Yankees or Dodgers. Mm-hmm. But now since it happened, it's like, I mean the deal that Shohei signed, giving him $2 million a year until fucking two twenty fifty opens up everything and it's a team that needs starting pitching as bad not as bad as anyone but needs starting no, pitching no joe and that's, you got a guy you're you're right i, be, I believe i you. mean they're probably in a better shape without yamato than like the um Mm-mm, i mean pirates i, I, I well, okay, you know okay i i will look you're fucking <laughs> <And> it wasn't <laughs> you're, you're days away from christmas don't fuck it up for yourself <laughs> i but they had you know weak starting rotation so yeah now it seems obvious yamato but now i'm thinking like holy god now i'm now I'm really thinking like Shohei and Yamamoto on the same pitching staff. Like yeah. what that, I mean, they're probably selling out every game ever. Yeah. hundred percent. Oh. They just, own, they own Japan now. That's yeah. That's what I, yeah. We'll talk the market, about that. Yeah. The, I mean, these are trust. Yeah. These are all things. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. We'll yeah. talk about it. Uh, Jay, Hey, your initial reaction when you saw the news. Uh, the team that had demonstrated a willingness to spend the most money uh, reeled in the best player again. And um, I think my initial reaction was just how far off all of the initial contract projections turned out to be. And I don't recall a free agency that missed the where, where the general consensus by people in the know missed the mark so badly on what a player would end up getting. I just, yeah. I, I don't, I don't care that they missed it and I'm not criticizing them really. It's more just like, a fascinating thing that this guy ended up getting over a hundred million dollars more than most people projected him to get, and that doesn't include the posting fee. Like that three twenty five doesn't include the posting fee. That's we fifty million start, dollars on top of that. We need to start killing these reporters, dude. They keep fucking up bad. They same thing hey, with Shohei. What would people guessing no, Shohei's thing to get listen, both listen, of those? Though, it's that not, wrong. Not to not not to defend the reporters, but <laughs> if you guys play fantasy football, 
You understand that this moment comes at some point in time in the draft, and it's always I, seemed earlier than later. And Jay, hey, think about when this started happening in fantasy football, when Rob Gronkowski was a viable first round option in a 12 to 14 league where you're like, you know what? Fuck it, dude. I'm going to do it. I'm going, I'll fucking do it. Or when it's early and the tight ends start to roll or, oh my God, that's a little early for QBs going, but top tier, you got to think about it early and translate that to baseball. The extended contracts, the 10, 12 year contracts, and now those contracts being doled out in an effort to get below the luxury tax. And it's, it's like the Dodgers are confirming for everyone, like, no, that's that's a thing. That's a thing. We just did it. We don't need to do it now because $325 million is chump change. But but we like that will be a thing. We will do that. We will commit to that. And it feels like this is the feels like it's maybe not the moment in time, but you need somebody to go and make that move first, right? Somebody's got to draft the first tight end super early to get you to think about it. The Dodgers yeah. are, are 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 doing that. Yeah. They they uh it's it's a twenty seven million dollar AAV for Yamamoto because it's uh it's the longest contract ever given out to a pitcher and the total dollars, it's the most lucrative. And trust me, I, without naming names, I'm sure you Dallas have probably heard from guys too. There are a lot of American born players that are like, What the fuck? <laughs> like because put it this way. It's not like a professional jealousy thing. It's more you're mad at the system because if you're born in the United States and you go to high school or college and you get drafted, well, now you go to the minor leagues and you've got to play six years at that level just to, well, then you're hoping to get called up and then you play six years for the chance to make 750K once you get to the big leagues and then you're talking about uh, a free agency process that you're lucky to hit by 30. So like, yeah, the American born players are probably like thinking like, you know, this dude gets to come here at 25 and then boom, he's the highest paid pitcher in baseball history without throwing a single pitch in the big leagues. Meanwhile, I had to ride buses and fucking <clears throat> make, you know, 500 bucks a month and then play in the big leagues for six years just to get my shot at free agency. And then maybe I'm making $50 million total or something. So I, I get well, it from that standpoint. Well, re- remember, <clears throat> Scott Boris, right, took his client, Carter Stewart Jr., if you remember, and took him over to Japan early. And why did he do that? He did that for these reasons right here, to try to help get him to a place of earning power sooner so that he would probably be able to come back over to the States and circumvent everything that you just laid out. Our system, our earning system, our free agent system, our controllability system. You can expose that. And Scott Boris has attempted to do that. He's tried to figure out ways to do that. Now it takes a special type of player to go over and commit to a complete change of lifestyle and game and really world as you know it. So that is. That is one way that it can be done. But this is a battle and a battle cry that has been screamed since the beginning of time, since you could actually figure this out. And this is why I lay it out to young people who are playing this game over here in America and don't want to put the work in, don't want to do the little things that this game requires for you to get to the next level. Simply put, there is somebody somewhere right now taking more ground balls before breakfast than you will take all day today. And when they're done with those ground balls for breakfast, you want to know what they're going to have for lunch, more ground balls. (laughs) And then for dinner, they might cap it off with fly balls and some more ground balls. And the bottom line is that is going on and growing and cultivating daily. It's intertwined and woven into the culture in places. And over here in America, it is quite literally a system, again, designed to expose and to take advantage of the athlete and squeeze as much juice 
possible out of the player before the player gets to taste any of their own juice. Yeah. So the other point that I wanted to hit on was we're seeing a lot of, oh, the Dodgers are ruining baseball and the Dodgers are bad. for How is this good for baseball? I will just say this in defense of the Dodgers, which is not a popular take these days. I think there are a lot of people that are out, maybe uh, divisional rival fans and just baseball fans in general are looking at this saying, you know, why, why even bother? You know, if I'm a fan of the Pittsburgh Pirates, why even bother? Like, we're how are we ever going to be able to compete with a team that just dropped a billion dollars in one month? Here's here's my response to that. Uh, you're not going to be able to compete. <laughs> you're not going to be able to compete with that financially. I I totally get that. But this idea that the Dodgers are gaming the system, that they're doing something that you cannot do, is just wildly incorrect and inaccurate. With Shohei Otani. The $700 million contract that he got with the deferred payments, <clears throat> the Toronto Blue Jays put $700 million up. Like, if, if we're to believe those reports, they put up the same $700 million. Uh, Shohei gave, what, four teams the same opportunity to do the deferred payments? He chose the Dodgers, okay? Then we get to Yamamoto, who signs with the Dodgers last night, and the reports are that the Mets offered him the same contract, and the Dodgers matched it. Yamamoto chose the Dodgers. This is not 1998 to 2006, where the Yankees just would blow other teams out of the water financially, and that was their superpower. Like, okay, there's a player out there. We want the player. You know, he's offered a $65 million contract. Guess what? Now it's 100. You're a Yankee. Congratulations. That's how <clears throat> that's how it used to be. Now, yes, we're seeing these eye-popping contracts being handed out by the Dodgers, but it's they're not paying players a rate that other teams are not capable of matching because they did match it. The player just chose the Dodgers. That's not the Dodgers' fault. That's something that they should be complimented for and credited with because you have created some things out of your control geographically. Yes, like they're like I get why geographically you would want to choose Los Angeles for the weather, for you know whatever, like the historical ballpark, things like that. But they have also just made themselves an attraction, destination for free agents, and they have the money. That's not their fault. That's not something that they should be condemned for. And it's it's the perennial success that they are selling that other teams can't necessarily sell and it's the perennial success that is being bought into and that is being chosen by these free agents because everybody would love to live in a world where all things are equal right so that's what the offers isn't that communism that's what the no that's what that's what the offer that Shohei Otani gave to all these people essentially did was make all things that you think you can control equal which is how much you're willing to give me how you're willing to give it to me and if that's all equal across the board well now it really is about where the player feels most comfortable where he feels the success over the uh, contract the life of the contract is most likely to come those are the separating factors so ultimately it's the perennial success that has separated the dodgers from all of the other suitors part of it it's part of it i mean jay hey i I mean why if, if the reporting is to be believed, and why wouldn't it be? Uh, like I read Passon's article, it was $325 million over 12 years from the Dodgers um, a and a similar offer from the Mets, right? And $300 million from the Yankees. So if you are a baseball player looking at that, why would you choose any offer other than the one that the Dodgers presented you? They are the best it's- team. They live, they live in an appealing location. Uh, they have... They have not only are they the best team right now, they have a winning tradition uh, that predate that extends well beyond any of the other teams like to go to the Mets would be like no disrespect to the Mets. It's just it doesn't make any sense if you're Yamamoto and they're offering the exact same amount of money. And and there's still think, think about this. There's still a level of dysfunctionality with the Mets. There's still a, an air of there's. What are they doing? There's no Where guarantee are they going? that if you add Yamamoto to that roster, 
that they oh. are even making the playoffs next season, let alone no, winning suck. the NL East. Like them no. plus Yamamoto is still a a division deficit to the Braves and maybe even the Phillies. Um, and the Dodgers are the safest bet you can make in this sport if your goal is to come over and make an immediate impact in terms of I want to play in high leverage games and I want to play in playoff games and I want to do so all the time. Um, it, it's just, it, it's such an obvious choice. And like, yes, it took a decade leading up to this point for it to reach this conclusion because other teams basically stopped competing with the Dodgers at that level throughout the organizational infrastructure stuff. But like, mm -hmm. This is where we're at. And for these two guys to have chosen this team is not surprising at all, given all that no, information. And, and, and no. let's just let's just take stock of where we're at in, in like as an industry. Right. Uh, if, if we were to take a poll right here, right now amongst us, there's there's probably four of us who would raise our hands and say, would you be interested in your team spending a little more to attract high priced top tier talent? I think Jake would raise his hand. Jared, you'd raise your hand. I would raise my hand. Jay, I think you would probably raise your hand. <laughs> yeah. Joey, you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, we got. I'm trying to pay him less. <laughs> and and now we're now we're hearing whispers of this is bad for baseball. This yeah. is not good. This is and and even if you think for one minute that this is some evil empire in its infancy when it comes to the spending and the grandiose dollars that's being thrown around here, doesn't every story need the villain? Don't doesn't oh, yeah. every antagonist or doesn't every protagonist, which is everybody who's not spending need the antagonist, which is the team who's going to spend a billion dollars on two players because aren't the, aren't the Dodgers, the, the protagonist here instead of the antagonist. Well, no. I, I get because listen, you can sit you. there and say like the Yankees when they were doing it were the antagonist. Everyone Dude, hated the Yankees I, because they, they were the evil empire and they spent all the money. The Dodgers, the the fact that they're spending all this money, and we we kind of had the same take last offseason when the Padres were doing it and the Mets were doing it. Um, the fact that they're spending a fuck ton of money and saying hey. Like it can be done. Don't let your owners tell you we're too poor. Well, the system doesn't allow us to spend the way that we want to spend. Bullshit. Like there are ways to do it. You just don't want to do it. So the Dodgers can be the uh, protagonist in this situation because they are exposing well, the other owners as just being fucking cheap so, and, and lying to you. So Jared, I was going to say they can be, it, it's almost like they're going to wear both hats because they're protagonists to the fans who want to see this type of movement, who want to see somebody invest in the idea of winning fucking baseball games. Fans yeah. want to see that. And then when you're a fan of the team who's not writing that check, you're not too excited about that, okay? And that's fair, that's understandable, but that's just not how it's going to have to stay. It doesn't have to stay that way. So he's also an antagonist to, to those fans. Who were like, well, fuck, you didn't sign with my team. I don't want to see this shit. I don't want to see championships, blah, 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 blah. I tell you right now, ain't nan one of you sending Shohei Otani or Yamamoto back if it's your team that's buying those dudes. Ain't yeah. happening. I, don't want to hear it. I, I got to say one thing, too, on this, like, just the general complaining or, or fascination with the contract figures and the Dodgers spending and stuff like that. Uh, I, I think context is important here in two ways. A, Dodgers payroll's perspective. Jared has brought up the Yankees and how what, what it looked like when they were really doing it. You know what I mean? I pulled up 2004, just kind of randomly, 2004 MLB team payrolls. The Yankees had double the payroll of the fifth highest payroll in the league. There's nothing like that going on in Major League Baseball right now. Like the Dodgers are almost incapable of spending that sort of percentage more than the next, than like another top five team. Like the Yankees were $184 million team payroll in 2004. The next closest was the Red Sox at 127. And there were only three teams at even 100. Like the, the gap right now, it may seem great because it's all coming in one off season in a sense, but it is spread out this billion dollars over 12 seasons and in the case of Otani decades 
right? And <laughs> yeah. and also they didn't really spend in previous off seasons. And while they might be the highest payroll next season, I haven't looked at this stuff. It's going to be a competition among the top teams, regardless of how this plays out. So it's not the disparity, maybe top to bottom, Dodgers to Athletics, Dodgers to Guardians. The the disparity is similar to what it used to be, but it's but but this sort of thing that they're lapping the competition is not totally accurate. Secondly, secondly, go ahead, Dallas. Sorry. No, no, no. Go, Jay. I was going to ask you a question. Se- secondly. The, the Yamamoto contract in itself, Jared talked about how the average annual value is what, 27 plus million dollars a year? Twenty, mm-hmm. Yeah, just over 27 million dollars a year. Unlike in basketball, for example, where each mega contract, wh- whichever superstar signs the latest uh, max deal, super their max. contract is the most. Yeah, the super max. Their contract is the newest, highest average annual value. Like I think Jokic was the most recent or something like that. And it's like $65 million or something later on in the deal. Jalen Brown said it at one point. That's not really what's happening in baseball. Like Yamamoto's $27 million a year, even Otani's average annual value are not resetting contract standards. Like the, remember the David Price contract with the Red Sox mm-hmm. from almost it, almost exactly eight years ago today? million per year. All we're seeing happen is that these are getting stretched out and the total value is increasing incrementally, but the amount that these teams are paying players per season is really not increasing at the rate that you would expect it to given the increase in, in revenues in major league baseball. They're just, they're just, they're kind of cheating. Like we've talked about all the time and which happened in the NHL when they started giving like Ilya Kovalchuk, like a 17 year contract. And people yeah. were like, well, <laughs> maybe we should like regulate this a little bit. Cause this seems a little <laughs> fake. Um, but like th- this outrage over contract figures, like needs to come with the idea that David price was signing average annual values that l- bigger than this eight years ago. Yeah. And you said something that's just hilarious to think about. I will, I will never, I will just never not get over this. That we talked to, because <laughs> remember, remember when I was laughed at at the thought of a player making fifty million dollars a year. Remember, and now here we are. You just said that in two thousand four, the Boston Red Sox total payroll was one hundred twenty five million dollars, right, for the year. In this year. Shohei Otani, should he be collecting a non-deferred check, would be gathering over half in one year as one player of what the Boston Red Sox total payroll was in 2000. Yeah, well, I mean, with with off the field money, he would be probably taking home a hundred and roughly million. close. Yes, yeah. I was gonna say, and I was going, yeah, like with all things considered, outside of his baseball paycheck. There's yep. a chance that Shohei Otani could very well have cleared more in one year than the Red Sox would have spent on an entire team's worth of baseball players. Yeah. Uh, the the other point that I wanted to hit on that I thought was interesting was I had, you know, there again, like having conversations with like other players in the league, their reaction to it, their raw reaction like one guy was like, you know, that much money for a dude that hasn't pitched in the big leagues. Like, how, like that's a lot of money to spend on a dude that has no big league experience. And I said, what What about if you think about it this way? Same thing, like Lupin Shohei Otani, who obviously has big league experience and in, in multiple MVPs in the league. The billion dollars spent on Otani and Yamamoto. A lot of that is performance-based. Some of that is marketing-based. But think about it this way. If you're a big market team like the Dodgers, you're buying lifelong fans. Like, you are buying fans. Shohei Otani's press conference had 70 million people watching his press conference. You added Shohei Otani and Yoshinobu Yamamoto to your team at the same time for a decade plus. I can tell you from personal experience 
that when the Red Sox had Pedro Martinez, David Ortiz, and Manny Ramirez, they converted the entire island of the Dominican Republic into Red Sox fans. They used to be all Yankee fans because it's the island of baseball and the Yankees were just the national brand. Like the the if the Yankee hat was like, hey, I'm uh, if you didn't have a team, you were a Yankee fan because you just liked winning. The Red Sox took over the Dominican Republic because of Pedro, Manny, and Poppy uh, during that time. And now, like you'll go there and still see Red Sox hats all over the place. They're not they're not playing for the Red Sox anymore, but that was the entry point. So the Dodgers are essentially going to have the entire country of Japan is going to become Dodger fans. The tens of millions of baseball fans in Japan. Guess who their new favorite team is? The fucking Dodgers. And that's just an entry point. So 10, 12 years from now, when Shohei Otani and Yoshinobu Yamamoto retire from the game of baseball, they will more than likely continue to be Dodger fans. And then they will have children who will grow up to be Dodger fans because my parents were Dodger fans, all because those two signings, that $1 billion spent, they they bought two of the best players, they bought uh, a marketing machine, and they bought lifelong fandom in a country where baseball is religion to tens of millions of people. That's and why so, I don't care about the money spent. With all that being said, you would say that this is without a doubt the most impactful signing in Dodgers history. This <laughs> <laughs> kind of sounds like what you're going at. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> and, and you could also say you could, you could argue that the Dodgers do do these types of things as good as you could possibly do them. And what I mean is taking, taking the opportunity to have culturally iconic players as part of your organization endear their fans and, and capitalize on that from a business perspective, right? Think about what Fernando mania was like. When Fernando Valenzuela burst onto the scene and what that scene was like down here in LA, it was maniacal, maniacal. And they got behind it. Think about when Hideo Nomo showed up and Nomo doing the fucking twister, the tornado on the mat. Like it was incredible, incredible. Channel Park. Like they just, they, they have done a phenomenal job of, endearing themselves as an organization to cultures outside of American baseball. And I think it's a, just a super, super savvy business practice. That's why I said it when I said it, when they signed Otani, these are two economies. These are two business economies working together here. And the Dodgers were like, you know what? Shohei, we had this dusty ass Mamba video that we wanted to show you that we had been sitting on for seven years and waiting for the right time to yep. show you, here's Kobe. And now they looked at Yamamoto and were like, all right, look, so we don't have the Kobe video, but we got Shohei. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> this, is, that? this is what I jokingly said to Jake on Name Redacted, like before Otani even signed. I was like, just sign Team Japan. Just like, just make your Major League Baseball team Team Japan. And not only are you getting an awesome baseball team, but you're printing money and you're, I don't know, 10xing your fan base. <laughs> like, and the Dodgers were like, I kind of yep. like that idea. Let's it's do that. Idea. It's a great idea. <laughs> doing it. It's a great yeah. idea. But, but, yeah. but it, is there, here, here's the other thing. When we start talking about geographically, how this plays out, mm -hmm. outside of New York, is there another place that you feel as a player you'd be able to capitalize on the market like this? Like, like, no. So, so, so specifically, um, oh God, I, I just, no, I, I, I don't think like, I just, I, and, and I do. That's why I said the Dodgers and the way that they handle things culturally and what Chicago, they have, maybe I, I, I don't know. I, it just it's doesn't. It's not the same. It's definitely a different tier. But if there's anything close, maybe Tampa. Talking, 
Tampa, St. Yeah, Pete. Tampa. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, Jay, Vegas. My, when when that comes, that's going to be next. Yeah, level. Vegas is going to be a huge market. Can't wait for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than Vegas, nah. Probably Vegas is LA. huge. I mean, they have you know that's like Frank. You're talking now. You're talking like Britney Spears, Frank Sinatra. Um, <laughs> there's plenty of people like Bryce Harper's from there. But uh, like, if you want to make a name for yourself in the entertainment business, a lot of people go to Vegas. Lot uh, Celine Dion didn't Celine Dion do something there in Vegas? Yeah. Well, well yeah, hold on, you, hold, hold on though. Celine Dion did not go to Vegas to make a name for herself. No, 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 put no, some no, respect no, 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 he was. He was a big time panderer, but he did it right. Um, so if I'm trying to, you know, really get a grasp on a market, Vegas is definitely a landing spot for me. Facts. Yeah. The sphere. Yeah. I'm out on Vegas. Got no soul. Well, bunch of transients. Be, be the be the change you wish to see in the world, Jay. Hey. You know, I've already lived there once. I'm not going back and I'm not going to try and change it from the inside. Never yeah. living there again. Yeah. Stay strong. Um, yeah. There's one person we haven't heard from on this podcast, and that would be our dear friend Jake, who tried his his damnedest to bring Yamamoto to Boston. Circle um, back, Jake. Circle back. The speaker's fixed. Maybe they got him. <laughs> Jake, how are you, uh, you feeling this morning? Uh, not great. First thing I did was uh, change my profile picture from the Japanese flag. Um, <laughs> yeah. That hurt. <laughs> Uh, but I guess I'm just glad he didn't go to the Yankees. Like, obviously, it was depressing to watch the Red Sox fall from front runners to dark horse to just not even mentioned in reports. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not on the Yanks, so big win for us. Yeah, that was my that was my tweet last night because I. All right, so Jared. we're recording this on Friday. Thursday was when we found out the Yamamoto was going to the Dodgers. Um, but I can tell you that Wednesday was when the Red Sox were out. So I knew hey. yesterday the Red Sox were out. What? Well, I think we I think we all knew it probably sooner than that. Um, but no. Uh just the tone, something just caught my ear. And I what? hate to think I hate to think that this has happened. I hate to think that the that this moment has happened here and now. But it feels what? like it's happened here and now. Well, you know, there's there's times in organizations' existence where you know, maybe you're at the top of the mountain, you're feeling great, or maybe you're at the, you know, you're in the top tier competitively. You, you feel good about your chances. You're in and you're out. You, you've got a good idea of the aggression level when it comes to your front office of how things are going to be played in free agency, the trade market. Like you just, you know who you are. And uh-huh. then there's probably a period in time where maybe you have question marks. You're not quite sure, you know, who, who you are, what your organization looks like. Like, ah, we, we used to kind of, you know, do this, that, and the other. Land but we're plane. not. We're not really anymore. We're not really anymore. It, it feels like what we just heard Jake go through emotionally was realizing that the Red Sox are just no longer that organization. For now. Like, they'll have to sell the team. That's going to be the narrative next year, for sure. Because I, I don't <laughs> I don't foresee them doing anything big this winter. Because any, anybody that was willing to lead their fans, anybody like abandonment for sure, right? Like you've sold, fucking sold the farm. Like you, you have no support for these guys or the fans and the and the men and women who no, no, that's different. I don't, I don't, I don't have any. Like you, you've left them in the dust. No, I haven't. Um, I, I definitely have no faith in the team at all. No, oh. like I'm. This is the most. This is the least. I've been invested in the Boston Red Sox probably in my life. Like I just they they've broken me. Does it feel like I, your level of investment matches the front office's level of investment in players? Yeah, probably. Yeah, mm. yeah. So you can that, switch so, teams, dude. So that's Whoa. why you've abandoned them. Then I haven't abandoned them. I still do a Red Sox show every single mm. week, but mm. I uh, I don't Be- like emotionally. Yeah. Probably, yeah. I mean, I, I I don't enjoy talking about the Boston Red Sox because it's always <laughs> depressing. Like, why would you want to talk about that team? 
on a weekly basis. It's the most depressing thing because I, the history, dude. I, I, but I, think about the content. Nobody comes with more interest day in, day out on like you throw a name out there. Somebody's available. You know, the socks are in. Yeah. I just don't extent. have any interest in like lying to Red Sox fans and being like, well, you know, like, you know, we can still do this. Like, they're not even going to do that. Like, I, like, I think everyone now is saying, are they going to pivot to sign Jordan Montgomery? I, like, I don't think I can confidently say like that. That's the plan. You know, at least at least we can be doing that. Like, I don't even think they're going to do that. So, no, it's also, a sad state also of if they signed Jordan Montgomery, be honest, you wouldn't give a shit at this point. Um, at least it would be tell like, me that they're alive. I don't like it. it is it going to move like a, like a proof of life no. sort of thing? Shout out yeah. Russell Crowe. Yeah, like it, it, it would. It's not going to move the needle and be like, all right, that's how you fucking respond. <laughs> like, it's not going to do that. But at least it's yeah. saying, oh, they've spent money uh, so, as a means to improve the 2024 liquid. team. Like, that's yeah. good. Because right as of right now, like, they are worse than they were last year. And it doesn't seem like they're trying to make them better at all. And, um, and this is this is why I feel the same way. Like similarly about the Yankees. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, you know, I'm busting your balls about the about the Red Sox situation right now. But the Yankees, I, I said this a month ago. There was a time where the minute that the Otani news became official, the minute right, like there wouldn't even be time for them to put up a breaking news bulletin. The Yankees would have already signed Yamamoto. He would have already been signed, sealed, yeah. delivered. That would have been a done deal. Like, we're not missing out on that guy. And to your point, but, Jay Hay, there would have been an amount of money spent over far and above what everybody else was willing to spend just so that that didn't happen. But it's not the Yankees who are willing to do that. And it's not the Red Sox who are willing to do that. There's there's nobody home. There's yeah. nobody home. Yeah, I, I got to say, though, if we're doing a Red Sox Yankees comparison quickly, I think they're operating on two different planes. Like, I think it's two different levels of like frustration or desperation for these two franchises. Like, if I'm a Red Sox fan, I see a level of dejection and hopelessness that does not exist. The Yankees just traded for Juan Soto. We were just doing this podcast being like, wow, the Yankees, we didn't say they're back, but it's like, this is how, this is how the Yankees behave. This is how this baseball is better when you, they're doing Juan Soto stuff. And it's like, that's true. They also last off season, they just paid $360 million or whatever it is to retain Aaron judge. Now that's retain. That's not as signing sexy as going out and poaching a free agent. That's not already on your team, but, but at least they, they extend they, oh, very much just as important and predating and predating that is Garrick, obviously them Garrett signing Cole. Garrett Cole, who was not on their team and who held the record for the highest contract ever given to a pitcher prior to Yamamoto. So like, yes, the Yankees don't behave in the exact way that they did um, and never will again, but they've also shown like a proof of life as far as handing out top tier contracts and attracting high level free agents far more recently than the Red Sox have done. Let me ask you guys this. And that's not me. That's not me making fun of anybody on this podcast. That's just what the situations are with these organizations. It is two different levels or styles or flavors of disappointment with the Red Sox. You're sitting here today and, and, the tweet that I had last night was under the assumption that, that Yamamoto was going to the Yankees. But I said, the most depressing thing about this isn't that he's going somewhere else. It's not that he's not coming to you. It's that he's going somewhere else and the Red Sox will not do anything to respond. Like they, they will still not be motivated to be like, fuck, like we got to step our shit up and do something big. Like they're not. So like the Red Sox, right? Like the, 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 uh, disappointment that Red Sox fans feel is I, I think this was kind of like the final straw with ownership being like, you, you don't give a fuck anymore. Like you, you own so many different teams and all this other shit where there's no way you can still care. Like, look me in the eye and tell me you still care as much about the Boston Red Sox and their success in winning that you did in 2004, 2007, 13, 18, whatever. That, like, that is just an acceptance. You don't fucking care. You don't. The disappointment that you feel as a Yankee fan, and they're not even, maybe they don't even process it this way, 
because a lot of them are delusional and they still are the 27 rings fans and we're the Yankees and Babe Ruth and yada yada. But the disappointment that if you're a realistic Yankee fan that you should be feeling today is you're not you're not the hot girl at the at the at the dance anymore. You're just not like there. There's nothing that separates. And I said this before. And, and I got all the Yankee fans like reply, oh, there's no draw to New York. There's no draw to the Yankees. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. Where is it? Like, you know, you 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 offered him a, a very generous contract and he said, eh, going to LA, see you the fuck later. Like, it used to be, oh my God, the Yankees want me? Like, it used to be validation. If the yep. Yankees want me? I, Holy fuck, I must be it's basically like being picked to the all-star team. There's no re- difference as a free agent. If you no. were gonna get selected to the all-star team and you were a free agent and the Yankees wanted you badly, what was the difference? It was almost a higher honor to be wanted as a free agent by the Yankees in an aggressive manner than to make the fucking all-star team. Yamamoto, the Yankees wanted him really bad, and he said, See ya, going to LA. Fuck you. Like now, if you're a Yankee fan, that disappointment should feel to you as, man, the the pinstripes aren't really much of a draw anymore. It's just it's not it's not George Steinbrenner times anymore. That should be the disappointment. It's a different world. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a different world. Life comes at you fast. I mean, I thought but, I thought for sure, you know, 2017, 2018 that we were on for like a new era of Red Sox Yankees rivalry. Like the, the Yankees had made it to the ALCS against the Astros. And it was the uh, rookie, the rookie season of Aaron judge where he burst onto the scene, the Red Sox, they get into a brawl in 2018 uh, with the Yankees. And then they win the world series. I'm like, man, this is, this is going to heat up. Like for all the kids that don't remember 2004, 2003 and like the nineties, the late nineties, here we go. New era. And I'm not saying, I mean, you know, the Yankees will still, I, I don't want to insult Yankee fans by looping the, the Yankees' current status into the debauchery that <laughs> the Red Sox are currently facing. It's, it's, it's terrible. It's terrible. Um, but yeah, that is, it is what it is. It is what it is. I mean, I, I think all you need to know, Dallas, is that the, Red Sox fan fest thing that I hosted last year where I like they had like the owner like that John Henry was up on stage and Sam Kennedy. Oh, is that I not were, happening? I to my knowledge, I, I think they're still doing the fan fest, but I think that portion of it where ownership has to face the music. I believe that that is not taking place as far I as I know. Why. Maybe that'll change. Maybe that'll and change. Who do we blame for right that? Now, I don't know that that's taking place. Mr. Jared had to ask the tough hitting questions, dude. I did take all the shine for himself. No, 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 no. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's 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 rough time. Now you now you ruined it for everyone. <laughs> you ruined freaking, it for everyone. I'm gonna ask you what the fans really want to hear. Now they just got rid of it all together. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate, man. It's tough. I I, I hate to see this kind of uh, fall from grace, you know. But I, I and no, I. That's good. Now now I can focus more on the national coverage. You know, baseball is dead is in a great place. People love the show. I love this show. Uh, you know, now now there'll be more focus and enthusiasm on a, on the great game of baseball from a national perspective. That's all. And you got you got wrestling. Did <laughs> <laughs> CM Punk just come back or something? That's your guy, right? <laughs> you got wrestling. <laughs> it's tough jake i mean it's me and you it's me and you against the world right now yeah man it's still your boston big sports towns like you got other teams i don't like other sports i don't give a fuck about other sports they're looking good this year tyler milliken out here tweeting the just no feel, no feel. Milliken tweeting out uh, <clears throat> the Red Sox. This is the morning after Yamamoto signs for three hundred twenty-six million dollars. This motherfucker. The Red Sox have signed catcher Mark Kolov Kolovsvery <laughs> to a minor league deal. He appeared in ten games with the Reds in twenty twenty-two. 
in just one game with the Orioles in 2023. He hit 174 with a 282 on base, uh, a 583 OPS in 87 <laughs> career games at AAA, and he's en- entering his age 28 season. Hey. Like, just head down, baby. Head down and keep it moving. And that's just, why you gotta like respect the Red Sox. They never take a day off. You know, <laughs> this Amona goes down week, same week as Christmas, and they're still and that's but they're fucking That's it, grinding. Joe. That's why. That's yeah. why they maintain interest. It's one thing to have interest. It's another thing to maintain interest because when right. moves are ready to be made, you have maintained a level of interest that has you squarely positioned to make that moves was just like a- that. That was a wild tweet to send out. <laughs> like this guy was worth a fucking one character. On, he's on got video of him too. Yeah, he's got the video, the whole thing. Twenty-eight-year-old. He's got the sourcing, Kylie McDaniel, like properly <laughs> yeah. attributed. Oh yeah, my this god, is, I'm gonna fly his fucking ass on the next podcast. That's I a plus right there. Him. Yeah. Uh, hey, look, look over here hey look over here <laughs> yeah i don't even wow. I, I i just read a, it and was I that an ownership sponsored it. tweet jared who knows is tyler I gotta, is i look i hate to say this about tyler i'm sure he's a great guy is he on guy. the inside let me let can i ask him is like, he dude, bought this is not what? this is not jared hubs hello good morning good morning uh, how are how Happy are you? Happy birthday! Oh no, that was our podcast. Sorry, oh, shit. we missed it. We missed, <laughs> we it, missed it. We missed it. I, mean, I think I think I already turned thirty. Yeah, I don't need to do that again. Okay, yep. what's going right. on? Uh, I was just gonna. Yeah, I listen. We're in the same boat. Di- a different boat, but Aww. same ocean. Di- different boat. No, 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 no. Different. Different boat, same ocean. I think we're in different. Is your situation. boat is your boat afloat still? No, it's a tugboat. It's more of a tugboat at this point. Okay, okay, that, that's fair. Yeah. Um. How are you feeling? How are you feeling? At, like, walk me through last night after the dude from the McAfee show tweeted. Dude, did I you, like did you Ty a it? lot. I like Ty a lot. Like he's he's one of like the few Packer Yankee fans that exist. Like myself, like uh-huh. my dumb self. Yeah. But that. That like uh, what the fuck? You can't tweet that. Did you believe it? How much did you believe it? No, I think I texted you right away. I said I don't believe that for like I, like I, I need Jack Curry. Like Jack Curry is like all I really believe. At this you point. got and Jack Curry. Up. You got him. Oh, I did. Mm-hmm. Oh, I did. Mm-hmm. Oh, I did. I did. Yeah. Um, no, I didn't. I didn't buy it for a second. Um, but that stunk, man. He just wanted to play with Otani and the Dodgers, and he used everybody. That's whatever. It is what it is. Um. Can't do the evil empire thing. You can play that, but that's not evil it. Not gonna do it. Yeah, can't can't <laughs> do that one. Can't do that one. Can't do it. No. Can't do it. Um, I don't know. That's tough. What is this? Oh, it's Titanic. Who's playing that? Dallas. I don't even. That's <laughs> not me. Uh, do you think is there a move that the Yankees can make that the evil empire will be back, baby? So there's one. I got one left. The Corbin Burns trade. Um, Corbin the- Burns and Devin Williams. Oh, together. Mm. Yeah. I haven't seen Which that I, suggested. I heard it like a few weeks ago, just like tossed out there. I don't think that, like, I think obviously like that's nothing's being talked about until Yam- uh, Yamamoto decides. But that's the only one I can think of that would be like, oh, here we go. Uh, everything else is like, yeah, good move, solid, cool. Um, but yeah, that would be it. Yeah, you guys what are probably you, you guys are probably still gonna suck next year though. No. Well, yeah, you have Garrett Cole, and like that's it. Like Rodon sucks. Uh, well, you, it, it would be great if he figured out how to pitch. He's, like he's not. I, I talked to him this morning. He's like, I got no idea, dude. <laughs> I talked to him last night. So damn, that sucked to you. Right. So I said I talked to him this morning. That's more recent. That's a more recent conversation. You dumbass. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't think you get to him. <laughs> who? I mean, like it, that's that's the move is Corbin Burns and Devin Williams. And what if that doesn't happen? I mean, that would be a pretty cool move. You wouldn't want those players in your team. No, I'm not. I'm I'm saying that's the one move that you envision for this team because I don't know how likely that is. Uh, I, I here's the way I'm spinning it. Here's the way I'm spinning it in my dumb brain today. I mean, it. It is crazy. I think we can all agree. It is crazy to give someone that much money when they've never pitched in the MLB. Like it just is. But, it's right? it is, but it isn't. I mean, I, the point that I made earlier on the show 
was to 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 summarize what I said. They paid a billion dollars for the on-field performance, the marketing aspect, and they also more or less bought uh, like 70 million Dodger fans, like new Dodger fans. Also, well, they like, did that to with me, Otani. I feel like well, what, now, what, there's, what, what, now like, there's there's probably going to be even more. Like now, you're just going to be absolutely locked in. Like you own the country of Japan. Like like the Dodger flag flies in Japan now, and they will have lifelong fans because of it. It what, does. Whatever. I don't know how many extra you get with Yamamoto. I feel like he just had them already with Otani. Jay, I, I don't buy the idea that it's like exorbitantly risky to sign a guy who's never played in Major League Baseball before, and primarily because whatever additional risk you're taking on with the unknown of him being unproven in Major League Baseball, even though we saw him fucking shove shit in the WBC, is that he's also 25 years old, and to me, like, yeah, yeah. like most pitchers that you would be laying out this level of money for, like a Garrett Cole included. Or what? How old was Cole when he signed the deal? 29 years old? Something like that? 28, 29, 29, yeah. 29. Yeah, so like, you, you know, you're there. there's the increased risk of attrition there on the back end of that. So like, to me, it's no more or less risky than that, particularly when we've talked about like stretching out these average annual values so that they're depressed the way that they are. Like he's, he's making $8 million less than Anthony Rendon next season, Yamamoto is. Yeah. It's just, yeah. it, I mean, it's a very, yeah, I, it's, I'm, it's a very I'm, reasonable amount of money. Like, yeah. yeah, I I was more or less just spinning it for my brain. Like it, I know, I know. You don't know. see the way the way it works and we all know this, like you don't hit the market as a as an amazing pitcher at twenty five years old. Like it just a three time like Cy Young Award winner at twenty five years old. Right, right, right. Like that we don't we don't see that. So I understand that. Um but getting Corbin Burns, like I know I know Corbin Burns is off. Like so uh, that I will be very happy if, if I think that's where they pivot. It comes down to whether the Brewers like totally see this as, hey, we're not going anywhere. Um, we need to, you know, really go young here, get some prospects haul, and we're we're not paying Corbin Burns when he's up because I think that's what one year he's got one year left. So he's got one year. Left. Um, you pretty much have to decide right now if you're the Brewers. You know, I'm I, sure I, I that they've made wait. that determination. Right. So then, it, and if you have, and they should have, then you trade him because. Why the fuck would you go and, you know, you get the most right now rather than the deadline, I feel like, because, you know, it'll be two months of Corbin Burns as opposed to the whole year. So I don't know. I think you go there. I'm, I'm not the biggest Dylan, Dylan Cease guy. I know his name is getting thrown out a lot because the White Sox don't want any of their players. Um, I just don't. <laughs> what? Uh, the White Sox. I mean, you know that the the White Sox wanted Brian Bayo from the Red Sox to for Dylan Cease last, at the trade deadline. Hilarious. Yeah. Uh, you guys also wanted Glaber. You also wanted Glaber Torres for Verdugo. That was fun. Well, Glaber Torres sucks. Oh no! Yes, he does. No, no. He does. No, yeah. no. Yeah. Can I mean, we ask the rest of the podcast if Glaber Torres sucks? No, we can't. They're actually busy right now. I, the the Alex Verdugo oh. press conference yesterday was. Yeah, you texted me about that. Yeah, very, that was fun. very interesting. Like he he's going to be a disaster in New York. <laughs> I don't. So I don't. Think so. He's gonna start he's off of- slow. He, you guys are gonna boo the shit out of him. He's gonna get mad about it, and it's a one-year deal. Like Yankee fans are gonna be like, he's not a real Yankee. Like he didn't earn his pinstripes. It's only a one-year deal, so we can just boo the shit out of him. And then like they're, they're, he's gonna hate the fans. The fans are gonna hate him. It's gonna be a fucking disaster. I think that's what you want. No, 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 no. that's what's so going poorly. to happen. And then he's gonna call out Aaron Boone and say, "Oh, I was, I was three hours late. I, I showed up ten minutes before first pitch, and my manager benched me. I wish no, I had a manager the, the that had of, my back. I wish I, the, the I wish I, had, of, I wish I had a manager that didn't air me out for like. Why are there action? Why are there consequences for my actions? This is horrible." Are you done? That's what he said. That was his whole fucking press conference yesterday. It was him pissing and moaning about Alex Cora. That it was like, hey, welcome to the Yankees, Alex Verdugo. And he's like, well, my, my old manager used to bench me for for being late and for for not really caring about baseball. And and I'm I'm so ha- bad, I'm, I'm so happy to have Aaron Boone. Like he's not going to yell at me when I fuck up and do stupid shit. Aaron Boone's such You're a great manager. Bad. That's that's that was his whole press conference. They asked him about like, bad. oh, what does it what does it mean to like be a Yankee? And he was like, oh, Alex Cora was so mean to me. I hope Aaron Boone coddles me. That's what he did. We get it. You're friends with Alex Cork. Like, so yeah, I, I get it. I understand. I mean, uh, listen, listen. Hey, he's your problem now. I'll say this. Boone is the perfect manager for him because he'll never 
discipline him ever. And like Josh Donaldson was pimping, <laughs> Josh Donaldson was pimping singles that he thought were in the, the upper deck. Mm-hmm. And then Boone would just be like, yeah, get him next time. You know, he would not run out of fucking Glaber Torres. You know, if he, you know, he has his lazy, lazy moments here and there. Yeah. Boone would never do anything. So um, I think Boone is the perfect manager for him in that sense. Uh, I will say this and you'll never agree, but um, I think, because there was times where you did like Alex Verdugo, right? In 2021. I like, like, I like was, Alex Verdugo. I don't. Well, okay. I, I don't think the last five minutes have maybe shown that. But, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I didn't love his press conference. I, I no, like Alex Verdugo, though. I think there. Dallas, I think this is what I, you were talking about earlier with like how things have, you know, yeah. how things have changed. This is this is exactly yeah, sure. this is exactly we're, do, we're doing it we're doing twelve minutes on the Verdugo press conference like yeah, it's, yeah, it's, no, it's, it's, it's pathetic it's slimy it's like watching two bullies who were bullies in elementary school grow up and now it's like fourth year outside the bar night before Thanksgiving <laughs> See and they're the falling reunion. all yeah. over yeah. each other and they're slimy <laughs> bro bro it was so remember when it was fuck what was it was junior it was junior <laughs> it was you. It was you it was me. I don't know. Either way, right? Look at you and me. Couple of guys. Yeah. Go ahead, Hubs. I'm I'll sorry. say this. Can I say this real quick? I, I think you guys being so out of the, the mix and, and contention the last few years, I don't think, like, I feel like he's a guy, you get the most out of him when, you know, you're playing for something. I feel like he's that type of player. So, Hopefully that's the case. Hopefully we are playing. We weren't playing for anything in 23. So hopefully we are in 24. He's motivated. Uh, it's obviously a contract year. If that's what I'm banking on getting out of Verdugo. And honestly, when Jason Dominguez comes back in July or whatever, he's our fourth outfielder. Like that guy's not start. Like I, I don't think that's in the cards for him. So yeah. there's not a lot of hope, right? You know, just be good for the first half of the year. That's really all I'm asking. Just, yeah. just play hard. That's all I want. But there's not really like a lot riding on Alex Verdugo, I don't think. They didn't give up much for him. You got Greg Weister and Dick Fitz. But Dick Fitz is sick. Dick I'm not Fitz, gonna lie. Dick to Fitz that. is gonna be that a was fan a tough fest. One. I, I saw I saw he was uh he was added to the Red Sox fan fest roster. You can <laughs> you can go two hours to Springfield, Massachusetts to a crackhead uh casino to meet Dick Fitz live in person on January twentieth. Get your tickets. That's a They're pretty good seven hundred dollars. That's a pretty good, like, you know, that that would, I feel like if I was a crackhead, I would want to go to that. <laughs> yeah, 100% you would want to go if you were a crackhead. Yeah, like, that should, like, I mean, know your audience, know your talk, you're like, yeah. there you go. Like, yeah. There, uh, that should be a seat. Are you going to that? No. No, I'm not. You're not he's, a crackhead. He's him no. seeing it. Don't let him lie to you. I'm not. I'm not. I, you should go just to, like, just, just just scan the crowd. Just, I want to know who's there. No. You I, might need to, like, see our eyes and ears. At this point, like uh, I think, like the the hotel inside the casino is booked. Like you would have to get like a hotel like off site, and it's just way too much effort for something that I just don't want to be at. Like playing wow, so like the, the crackheads sold it out. Yeah, crackheads crackheads are going to be scattering all over the place there. From good, what I understand, good for, the, hey, good for you guys. Yeah, good, yeah, yeah. On the up and up. Yeah. Um. Uh, all right. So. Yeah, thank you. Uh, thanks for thanks for coming on, Hubs. I, I'm really oh, sorry that uh, Yamamoto is not a Yankee. I really thought he was going to be. I did as of as of last night. I told you like an hour before he, the it was the Dodgers. I thought it was the Yankees. I really did. I thought I thought the moment we found out he wasn't going to the Rams game, I was like, oh, all right, we got this. Like, right. but yeah. that what that wasn't the case. But he's did. not a Yankee. Yeah, he's not. The so. Yankees lose. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Hubs. Great, great talking. Good talking to you. All right, Eric Hubs. Eric Hubs. Um, closing thoughts, Jay. Hey, <clears throat> would you like to go first? Sure. Uh, Mark Kolasafari. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he kind of a, kind of a full circle moment here for him. He yeah. actually was on the, and this should give you great great confidence he was on the uh 2020 summer olympic uh qualifying roster u.s baseball team they went they won silver though and you know who they lost to they lost to japan so kind of like a you know runner up to japan and two different ways for him um yeah both in the olympics and to yamamoto Mm. those Mm. are my final thoughts hang with them um joseph 
Final thoughts on the Yamamoto Emergency Pod. Uh, good podcast. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Oh wow! Well, Merry Christmas for the boys. Wow, <laughs> Joe, I like that. That's yeah. so thoughtful. Yeah, I mean all this, all this bickering, all this uh, Yamamoto blue balls. It really, it really did take away from my holiday season. I'm not even joking. Like it, it <laughs> doesn't know, feel like well, Christmas and, because I've had to fucking. And, and Jake, I'm sure you can relate. Like I'm sure you were just consumed by the Yamamoto sweepstakes. Like, did you even? How much holiday cheer did you really and, partake in? I mean, I got none now. It absolutely <laughs> ruined my Christmas. Yeah, guys, yeah. ruined the Christmas. Jay, hey, Joe. Look, yeah, but, this is this is our, this Jay, hey, Joey. This is our fault. Okay, this is our fault right now because we we've allowed it to get to this point, and this is this why? is what friends have to do. Friends have to real friends in and we have to be able to be honest with each and, other and, I, and by right? the way I saw your hold on hey i'm trying now. to be honest with I, you right I now i saw your tweet last night being like oh how you doing jerry you didn't get yamamoto i never thought they were getting him i'm oh, pissed I, that oh, they oh, that they oh, hold i'm on. mad oh, hold on. i'm mad oh, hold on. that i thought they weren't gonna get him that's what i I'm asked you about. i asked you about your book that's all i asked about i asked you how yeah. reading was going you yeah. talked about you, you, you this is so slow you got a yeah. new book. But do so you understand was, that? Do you understand that I'm not mad that the Red Sox didn't sign Yamamoto? I'm mad I, no, that they were look, not even really considered. I, you're mad that you I missed that your 25 what, days of Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I know that that's but what you But you still you have three to... days of Kalasvari. What is that? What the, oh, that. <laughs> that. That's the guy? <laughs> yeah, that's him. Oh, this guy is getting Maybe it is. I don't know. I haven't. I don't know how you pronounce his name. Could be I would that. be sweating bullets if i were you know like a fringe minor league deal guy that was like i need a job but the second i agree to a deal with the red sox i'm gonna get absolutely shredded by this fan base like i don't come here if you're if you are at like one of those players where you're like a 4a guy or like a depth signing or something like that do not sign with the red sox because you your your character is going to be assassinated immediately. oh yeah crushed Absolutely correct. You're no Yamamoto. Just know that. Yeah, no. Know no, that. Different tiers. Different know tiers. that. No, but Jared, what I was going to say is you and Jake right now, I feel like 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 in the friend group, you're the uh, you're like the five and a half who may have caught the attention of the 10 that you'd really love to go out on the date with, right? And they're, they're you're like, you bumped into them, so they stopped and turned around, and they're like, oh, I'm sorry. Are you okay? And you're like, oh, my God. He's, he's talking. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> I was literally just asking if you're okay. It's not It's not anything more than that. Yeah. And I think you're fancying yourselves to be a little bit more attractive than maybe you think you are. I definitely don't feel that way at all. I think I could not make that more no. clear. That no, I, Jared I, and Jake I, feel I, extremely I, ugly on the inside right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like there is nothing about <clears throat> what I'm exuding that would give you the impression that I think the Red Sox are an attractive option or a good baseball team. They suck. And I'm I'm fucking mad about it. My Christmas is ruined. Anyways, Dodger fans, congratulations. It's time for Dodger baseball. Yoshinobu Yamamoto is a Dodger for the next 12 years. Congratulations. So is Shohei Otani. Congratulations. You guys are so fucking cool. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> Christmas redacted. Ouch. Uh, Yamamoto's gone. That means... Well...